All right, so this series, Radio Frequency, I, I used to be in the broadcast news industry. I was always fascinated by radio history, television history, and, and how they discovered analog waves and all of that. And here's what you find out in, when it comes to radio. Uh, it's invisible. We don't see the radio waves, but we know that something is transmitting it all the time. In fact, now, not only do we have radio waves, we have Pandora's box, we've got satellite, we've got Sirius and everything else going on that we can tune into. And what is interesting about the radio frequency is that there's an initial antenna that it hits, but in that antenna, there's gazillions of different messages that hit that antenna. What is imperative is that in that antenna, that you have a tuner, because there's a specific radio, as you know, if you turn into 90.1 or 90.5, that is a specific dial on the radio. And I thought about this, and really what we are, here's the parallel. Do you realize that God is transmitting all the time? Messages all the time, constantly transmitting to us. And if we're the antennas, then it makes sense that we need to tune in to the right frequency, right? That means that there's wrong frequencies. That means that there's different voices that are out there. And so it is imperative throughout this six-week series. Did I say six weeks? Yes. You know why? Because guess what the number one question a pastor gets time and again? How do I hear God? So over the next six to seven weeks, all the way up through Easter, I believe God is going to teach us how not only to hear God, but to accelerate your spiritual growth like never before. This is a very important series. A very important series because you have three voices that speak to you constantly. One, you have God, right? The second voice is you have your flesh. Your flesh says, I see those 50 Dunkin' Donuts and I want to pound them right here, right now. You have another voice that says, uh, you really don't want to go to church today, you want to sleep in today. Pastor Pillow is calling. And by the way, that is not the voice of God. So we have these different voices, these voices that will try to lead us into different directions. And so today what I want to methodically talk to you about, the very first message is how to tune in. Amen? How do I tune in? And we're going to lay foundation throughout this. I get a lot of questions about this. And so today I want to talk about how we tune in. And then next week I'm going to talk to you about how to hear the different ways God speaks to us. How to hear God. So today I want to tune in and learn about what God is doing. Now, this right here, this right here, this, well, my, my leather-bound King, New King James is kind of beat up. That's a good thing. But this is our tuner, Right? Okay, there's, there's, there's ways at which God reveals his will. He reveals his will through his written word. This is his general will for our lives, right? Then we have his specific will. His general will would be stuff like don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, do forgive, do love, do have compassion, generosity, right? His specific will would be something along the lines of who do I marry, what job do I take, what do I eat next? And I will say, I mean, I have seen some extremes on this. If you have to pray to the mailbox and you, as you open up the mailbox each time and you have to ask the Lord's will on the mailbox, I think that's a little, well, I'll just say that's a little wacky, okay? Now, 
But God does lead us, and I want to teach you a balanced approach to how to hear him, because he does speak to us all the time. Keep in mind that God is constantly transmitting. So if God is constantly transmitting, then really the burden falls on us to be good hearers, correct? So God doesn't have the problem. We have a hearing problem, amen? Okay, so uh, here's the big question. How do I hear God? Our master text, and here's what we're going to do over the next... uh, couple of weeks. We're ordering some Bibles. Now, we'll, we'll, we will put up scriptures here for people, but I want you to methodically get in the habit of opening up your Bibles and looking and turning to the passages or underlining your iPads or your flip phones. I don't care what techie device you bring. You bring something that has scriptures. Amen? And by the way, you can underline in your iPad. Ask me how I know. So it is important that, uh, and by the way, if you bring friends and they don't have a Bible, we'll give them to them. That's part of our ministry. Amen? Okay. Our master text for today is John 10, verse 1. John 10, just Jesus is talking here, and he calls himself the great shepherd in this text. John 10, verse 1, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. I want to skip down to John 10.10. It says, the thief does not come except to still kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. You want to have abundant life, you've got to hang out with the shepherd. When a shepherd is calling to a sheep, it says the sheep know. It's interesting about sheep, and I'm going to say this, and before you throw stones at me and tomatoes at me, let me just say this, sheep are dumb. Now let me say this, I'm a sheep too, so I'm right there with you. Now, I'm not calling, oh great, now Pastor Ryan's calling all the people dumb, I don't like that church, they're mean. No. What I'm saying is, is that we, let me talk to you about sheep. Sheep literally are helpless. They literally, they can walk off a cliff just like this without even thinking twice about it. They can, they can uh, graze in the pasture for hours. But what's interesting about sheep, the one thing that I think is absolutely cool, is that sheep know the voice of the shepherd. Put 300 sheep, one with one shepherd, one with another shepherd, that one shepherd calls 150 sheep leave and will go to the voice of the shepherd. How is that possible? Because the shepherd, in, especially in ancient times, would literally spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week, guarding and being with the sheep. How much more if we spent time with God in the presence of God? How much more would we be able to hear his voice? But if those other sheep didn't understand the voice of the shepherd calling, perhaps it's because they didn't spend time with that shepherd. I see the revelation all over this place. Amen? So there's distractions to the shepherd. There's distractions to our lives. There's things that that prohibit us. And what I'm going to unfold at the end of this is that we have bought a lie that spending time with God is boring. We've been sold a bill of goods by the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy that this word 
is invaluable to your life or it's not relevant to your life or you can't hear God in your life. And I want to tell you that's a bunch of hooey. I want to tell you that that word can come alive and active. And when you're in the midst of a critical decision, all of a sudden, one day you look at that verse and abundant life comes and you see, my gosh, he wants to make my life abundant. Abundant. John 10.10 isn't just another verse on the page. All of a sudden you see that a thief and the culture and the people want to steal, kill, and destroy from the good word and the good work that's birthed in me. Jesus came to give me abundant life. To the full, to the max. Free of oppression. And no matter what your circumstance, he'll give that to you. You can be in the pig pen and enjoy abundant life. Ask me how I know. (laughs) Been in the pig pen. (laughs) So it is important that we understand that God is for us and that we hear three voices. The problems occur when we get confused. Uh, it brings to, brings to mind the old couple that was married for 50 years. And she, she looks over at her husband and, and she says, you know, after 50 years, you're tried and true. And he goes, huh? After 50 years, you're tried and true. What? After 50 years, you're tried and true. He looks at her, bewildered, and says, after 50 years, I'm tired of you too. (laughs) We need to fix our hearing. The doctor is in, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to fix us. Amen? Okay. How do I know the voice that I'm hearing? Remember I said the flesh speaks to us. I haven't met a Krispy Kreme I didn't like. But Joe Simon has helped me in great to greatest learn to say no. <laughs> uh, we, there's, there's the enemy that speaks to us that in a weak moment when Hope and I are having intense fellowship. I'll let that one marinate. I got my father-in-law here. So, By the way, he's big. What are you, 6'4", 230? Jerry, I want you to know I treat her really well, actually. I really do. We do argue, though. That's just being real. So, And I love her dearly. But So the, a thought may come to say something mean, and we know where that voice comes from. And then there's the God voice that knows, you know what? Don't let the sun go down on your wrath and work it out. And that's what the Word says. So we have three voices that are constantly speaking to us. Uh, there's many, many examples. If you don't know what's in the Word, though, guys, if you don't know what's in the Word, then you're kind of lost at sea a little bit, right? So uh, let's say a well-meaning person comes along. Let's say you have a, you've been diagnosed with something tough, a, an illness or whatever. And somebody, and this is one that I just think is absolutely insidious, someone will come up to you, well-meaning, and say, well, if it's God's will, maybe he's teaching you patience through this. And my, my thought is this, I don't need to go through this to learn patience. Because over 140 scriptures in the Bible, remember I said knowing the, the general will of God, 140 scriptures talk about him being my Jehovah Rapha, my healer. So when someone says that, I, you know, thank you ma'am, thank you sir, and I know what you mean, but uh, by his stripes I am healed and I stand on that. 
And, 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 and here's the thing. They don't think it through. And, and I'm a logical person. And my thought is this. If God doesn't want me healed, and this is why I need to know this word, when he says that he wants me healed, if, if, if he doesn't want me healed, then why am I going to a doctor? Because now I'm violating the will of God if I go to the doctor. Can I get an amen? <laughs> it's stupid. It's religious. And it's wrong. The voice of the shepherd would say, stand on my word. I am the Lord that healeth thee. And that doesn't mean that you ignore what you're facing or the symptoms or anything that you're facing. You're not ignoring that. You're just saying that God's word's better and stronger than the illness that I've been hit with. I can't wait till Ash Wednesday. This Wednesday, I've asked people, I have no idea. I'm not the healer, but you know what? God told me if we show up and pray for people and bring random sick people to this place, random sick people will no longer be sick. I encourage you, you know, show up. We'll just bless God. We'll have a lot of people praying. It'll be, it'll be fun. Because I love to watch people get free. And my other thought is, is if, if, I don't know the way, if the general will of God isn't for people to be healed, then why am I even here? Because he wants to heal your emotions. He wants to heal your finances. He wants to heal your diseases. He wants the whole man restored. So these are the examples of knowing God's voice through his general will so that you can apply it in your day-to-day life. Here's the next question. Do I want to really hear the voice of God? Especially during Packer season at noon. No, and I'm not. I, I love the Packers. I'm just saying that We make choices every day. You can tune to different radio frequencies, correct? So what I'm saying is, some of us probably don't want to hear God. And you say, well, Ryan, I'm here because I want to hear God. I know that. I'm not talking about Sunday. I'm talking about Monday when the kids are screaming, when the boss is yelling, when the bills come in or when things are going extremely well, the business is cranking, everything's going well, my life's in cruise control, there's no chaos, do I want to hear God then? And so, assuming that we want to hear God is the first step. I mean, here's the thing. When I have gotten into an intense fellowship with my wife, the last thing I want to do is pray. The last thing I want to do is get in front of God and say, uh, I missed it. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I realize I'm the last man standing on this. I mean, no one here has ever had that. Actually, I'm sitting. See, humanity from the very beginning trembles in the presence of the God or of, of God. Of God, he, we, we tremble in the presence because why it illuminates things in us that are not holy. And what I'm going to, by the end of this message, flip you to see is instead of running from God in our weakness, we should be running to God because didn't I just read a verse about saying something about abundant life? We have to get in the presence. Exodus 19, verse 9. The backstory on this. 
the children of Israel are about to go uh, receive the Ten Commandments. Moses is about to go up and receive the Ten Commandments. He's been talking with God. At this point, I mean, God called, I mean, he's, he's, he's God's guy. He, he's dialed in like nobody else. But do you realize that God's perfect will in that situation was not just one guy to be in that intense fellowship with God. You realize it was for the whole nation of Israel to receive directly from God? Exodus 19, verse 9. Here's, here's, here's how it comes out. Verse 9 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, I will come to you in a thick cloud, Moses, so the people themselves can hear me when I speak with you. Then they will always trust you. Moses told the Lord what the people had said. Then the Lord told Moses, Go down and prepare the people for my arrival. Consecrate them today and tomorrow. What that means in our modern day vernacular to tune in, we have to create an atmosphere. If you want to hear God, you've got to create an atmosphere. Let me tell you what a bad atmosphere is. Waking up at 7 or 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning, tuning into Megadeth, Slayer, and Marilyn Manson. That's not creating an atmosphere. By the way, I used to listen to ACDC. By the way, that dates me, by the way. <laughs> so, but really, I mean... We have to create an atmosphere. What he's saying is prepare the heart, prepare an environment. And you know, I used to think, well, I can just have these daily conversations with God and not create an opportunity and an environment with God if I just talk to him throughout the day. I want to encourage you to keep doing that. But let me say this. If I did that and had these microburst conversations with my wife, just random quick hitters like 30 seconds here, 40 seconds there, we would not be married today. And the reason why, you have to spend time cultivating that relationship together, correct? We'll be in divorce court real fast if I never have extended, if I don't date my wife on paper on purpose. And so, what I'm trying to get you to understand is that you need to date God. You have to create that atmosphere. And here's the beauty of God, our atmospheres are all different. For some person, it may be driving an hour to work, listening in the radio listening to a sermon or whatever. It may be praying in your car. I don't know what's your atmosphere. For us, we have it down. When the kids get up, Hope has her quiet time. I feed the kids. It's always very interesting. It's like romper room at, you know, 6.30 in the morning or 6 in the morning. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty wild. Hope has her quiet time. As soon as she's done with her quiet time, then I go in and I come here and I jam out, you know. It's wild. Don't ever show up during the week. Some crazy dude. <laughs> but whatever atmosphere works for you. Are you getting this? Your atmosphere is different than anybody else's. What I'm saying is start somewhere throughout this series. If you want to hear God better and have that power in your life, you have got to date God and consecrate yourself and give yourself to him. You cannot have the power unless you're in the presence. And the presence just isn't here. And here's another thing. The Holy Spirit's organized. I mean, can you imagine if you came in here, we have a nice atmosphere, our worship team does a great job, but what happened if our drummer just went off and did his own thing and the vocalists started singing all different tunes and I decided to come up here and join them and I don't sing a joyful noise? It's just noise. What if we all did that 
and the ushers just felt like showing up 10, 15 minutes late to church. He's a God of order. We prepare an environment here for you to receive. What we do is to create an environment here. What I want you to understand is that as you create that environment in your house, God will reveal more and more of himself to you. The fundamental question is, do I want to hear God? And I know every Christian would say yes, but your actions dictate that. Your actions really reveal that. And so as we look at creating that atmosphere, everything's different for different people. But I want you to write this down because this is just huge. In fact, this, is a, this, is the, this sums it up, and I wrote it like this. Missed appointments with God lead to disappointments. Missed appointments with God lead to disappointments. So we have to take time to get in his presence. Now, last night, I went into my, well, for lack of a better word, I went into the closet. It was actually a prayer closet last night. It has all of our clothes. And last night, I felt led uh, to spend in absolute silence in my closet. I didn't talk. I, did, I literally said nothing. You know why? You know why I did that? You know why God asked me to do that? Because I'm Twittered. I'm Facebooked. I'm over-caffeinated. I'm overstimulated. Can anybody relate to that? <laughs> Psalms 46.10 says, be still and know that I'm God. Well, here's what's cool about this. After you get past the first part where you're detoxing all of your thoughts about what I need to do and why this person's upset and blah, 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 get through the first five to ten minutes of that, the mind stuff that goes on, all of a sudden, you tune in. And the next thing you know it, you know an hour and 15 minutes went by, I didn't even realize it. And just so you know, <laughs> I'm not the most patient, be still kind of person out there. I know most of you are a lot more spiritual than me, but 10 minutes alone is deafening. And I'll tell you, last night, in fact, God wanted me, I believe, to share this with you. Here's what I got after about, oh, 30 minutes in there, just completely still. Here's Here's what came to me. He told me, put more time in with me, meaning God, during this 40 days of power, which I'm going to talk to you about in a second. Dramatically reduce your television consumption during this time. Journal the thoughts that I've placed in you. I will give you specific vision for the next chapter of Life Church. Don't worry about the vision I have yet to reveal. Operate the vision I've already revealed. Preach the gospel, heal the sick, empower the impressed. Lay down your cares. Lay down your reputation. Anybody else besides me like to protect their reputation? I don't like to be talked about. Do you? You know what God dealt with me on that one in my prayer closet? You reap what you sow. Oh boy, the pastor's been talking about me. <laughs> no, I, I'm telling you, I've, I've sown some of that and I reap some of that. And you know what? It's not, that, it's not that we get talked about. It's just I feel worse talking about now about somebody else than when somebody lets me know that they've been talking bad about me. Can you relate to that? It almost makes you feel worse, right? So God was dealing with me on that. I don't need to, I don't need to protect my reputation. He's fully prepared to guard mine. I just need to honor him. 
Then he said to me last night in my quiet, I just wrote down notes. It was all just downloaded into my brain. I just started typing it on my iPad. I've led you to this hour, Ryan, this time, this place, this church. Tell them that I'm prepared to radically transform their lives. If they do as you've done, I will speak to their heart as I've spoken to yours tonight. I created an atmosphere last night because I needed to. Now, that's not to get up here and say, oh, you know how super spiritual I am. But you realize that for years, the pulpit, people have this conception that we need to come on Sunday and hear from God, and then they just park God at church, and then they forget about him the next six days. The power is in the presence. Say, the power is in the presence. Forty days of power. This is designed to accelerate your spiritual growth. We're going to give these out. It's a 40-day journey. I wrote over about 30 hours of work. And it, God just started downloading different topic, topics to me. They're absolutely free. We want to give them to you when you walk out today. But there's so much meat in here, and it, it takes you about one minute to read the thing, and then there's an action step for each day. And if you, if you, are, if you attack this with just simple tenacity... I'm convinced by the end of the 40 days that you'll be different. But my job as a pastor is not to make you more spiritual. My job is to get you into the presence of God, be still, and get the power. The power is in the presence. I keep saying that, don't I? The love of God and the power of God work together when you're in his power, when you're in his presence. Now, here's the thing. Why don't people approach God? The primary reason, they're afraid to. Exodus 20, 19. And they said to Moses, the people of Israel, they said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but don't let God speak directly to us or we will die. Well, you're not going to die. And here's why. We need to know God. There's two things that, there's two approaches that people have. There's the Mount Sinai approach where the Ten Commandments were given. There's the Mount Calvary approach where Jesus paid it all. And then there's Mount Zion. Jesus is coming back. Under Mount Sinai, the people were under fear and trembling. They were worried about their, their God consuming them like a fire. Then Calvary happened and Jesus said, you can't fulfill the law, I did it for you. And then over here in Mount Zion are the people of God who are going to rule and reign with him. Three different mounts, three different things. And on Calvary, Jesus took the curse of the law on himself. The law, once people were exposed to the law and they saw the awesomeness, they realized they couldn't measure up. They needed to know how to approach God. Here's what God says in his word. In the New Testament, because of Jesus, we can boldly come to the throne of grace. We have an enemy that wants to marginalize our time with God because he knows, he knows. If you get in the power, you get in the presence, you get the power. You get the power, you're a threat. I am more ineffective when things are going well. But when I turn it over to him, when I realize that if I get in his presence, there's ideas, folks. I've had ideas every time. 
Do you realize three minutes in the presence of God can give you a year's worth of ideas? But instead, you know what we do? Oh, I'll get on Google. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll ask Cousin John, see what he knows. I'll, I'll you know. Now, there's a, there's a place for, and we're going to talk about how to hear God through other people, and that's another, another subject. But what I'm saying is, God wants to be first. He wants to be, he wants to be prioritized. The power of Christ to create an atmosphere. How do I know it's his voice? How do I know it's his voice? How do I know it's his voice? That's the, that's the key. How many in here, with eyes open, struggle with this concept? How many? Honestly, quite a few, okay? All right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You got to die to your flesh. You got to die to your flesh and realize his voice is constantly transmitting. What I talked to you about last night, we're going to talk about being spirit led, but God will speak to you through circumstances, through people, through events, through nature. You need to understand yourself. One person may not be able to, to get into the tangible presence of God in a car. Another person could. Another person could do it in their home, but they can't do it. Some people, it's on their lunch break listening. Some people are at Starbucks, and they're listening to their headphones. Whatever works for you. Are you getting this? And it's not about well, do I need to spend an hour? There's no legalism in this. It says in the Bible, if you are a son of God, you are led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God will teach you what you need to know and teach you how to go through the getting through when you need to get through it and how to do it. But if you spend time with him, five minutes in the presence of God can change your 24 hours. And I think the reason especially in our culture today, I mean, even, even down to sermons now, by the way, I'm closing, just so you know, but even in our service, service today, we have, I mean, in, in most churches now, we have to condense our, 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 you know, our, our service formats because of our culture. But you know what? You can spend time in the presence of God and nobody leaving when you're dialed in. Amen? So here's what I want to do. I want, with heads bowed, eyes closed, I want to touch on this one thing. The reason people don't approach God is because they're afraid to approach God because they've been lied to by an enemy voice, by their flesh that keeps them from engaging God. Here's what I want to do today. I want to break some of those strongholds. But before I do that, I'm going to ask you a, a simple question. And this is the most important question. Is something prohibit, prohibiting me from engaging Jesus Christ? Is there something prohibiting me from going all in? Is there something, is it a past wound? Is it a past hurt? Is it a past church relationship? Is it a past something? Because he is not the God of the past. He is the God of I am. I am is here. He is here to break that off you. Maybe it's 
your conception of what a Christ follower should be. I want you to lay that down. God will instruct his children because his sheep knows his voice. But you say, well, gosh, you know, I'm struggling to understand even if I'm, I don't even know if I'm a Christian. I mean, maybe I'm a name only. But God doesn't want a title. He wants your heart. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, you say, Ryan, uh, I'm not right with God and I don't want to approach God because frankly, I don't want to have to change some things because change is painful. I don't want to have to change. God's got certain aspects of my life and I'll, I'll talk to him and date him occasionally. But I don't even know, I'm not even sure I'm in a right relationship with him. There is no condemnation in Christ, but I would like to say this. If you aren't sure, would you raise your hand? If you are not his sheep, because the sheep knows his voice. If you're not, thank you, sir. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you, sir. We want to get you a Bible afterwards. Just stop by and get that. Anyone else? Thank you, sir. Thank you. See, we're being still right now, and we're hearing God. It's quiet in here. The Holy Spirit's working. Now here's the next thing. I want to pray this prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for forgiving my sin. I receive your grace from Jesus who died on the cross to give me the abundant life, to live for him, to know him, and to hear him. From this moment on, in God's power, I consider it done. Amen. With head bowed, heads bowed, eyes closed, here's one I want you to do. I want, I, want, I want you to raise your hand. With heads bowed, eyes closed, I want you to raise your hand. And you can honestly say you don't date God on a regular basis. Hand, it, thank you, thank you, thank you. A lot of hands. Thank you, thank you. Lord, I want to pray for them. Father, I thank you. In the stillness and the quiet of this place, your spirit is speaking all across this room. I've spoken your word. I've served up the meal. Lord, I pray that they eat. All I can say is, is that by dining at your table, it radically changed my life. Helped me overcome fear of rejection, fear of insecurity, comparing myself with the next guy down the street, his bankroll or his, his wife's or whatever, his wife. <laughs> whatever, you know. Whatever it is we do, we do. Looking at the Jones who are broke and unemployed, but yet up to eyeballs and fast living that breaks your heart it breaks my heart because there's power in your presence we've been bought a lie that time with you is boring it's the most energizing amazing awesome thing father i forget i ask you to forgive me for even sometimes allowing ministry to take the place Father, I ask that during these 40 days of power, 
that every facet of their life, every weakness, that you will gently come along like a good shepherd and you will help them eat at the table so that they see some of the things in their life that you just want to gently deal with. Not, not this taskmaster that wants to make robots out of all of us. You're just, you're just asking them to gently lead them into a, into a relationship that's living and powerful. So I speak that over them. I make declaration. I thank you for testimony after testimony and that these quiet moments will happen. In God's power, I consider it done. Amen. Last thing is we walk out, pick up one of these. On February 22nd, which is Wednesday, is Ash Wednesday. Again, I talked to you about that. Some of you have asked about fasting. Uh, in the booklet on page five, there's a little bit about fasting, but I want to be very clear about this. In the past, we've done it at the first of the year. I'm not going to go into a big dissertation about fasting, but there's a website on page five you can look at. Some of you, it may be a meal here and there. Some of it may be a Daniel's fast, fruit and veggies, whatever. Here's what I, here's what I expect. I expect you to hear the voice of God for you. It may be cutting back on TV I want the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Can you receive that? So if you want to fast during this time, this season of Lent, but here's what I know, that God knows exactly what you need. So uh, we don't fast to move God, to magically move Him. We fast in different areas, however you want. We, we do that to draw closer to God so we can date God and get changed. It's really that simple. There's power in the presence. It's just to draw you closer to him. He'll give you those answers in that direction. Amen? Goodbye. We'll see you next week. Tune in, part two. Pick up a brochure.